0: people don't really think of the arts as a industry sector, even though it's four and a half percent of our GDP, um, more than, than transportation or mining in our state. We really have to make sure that arts and creative industries is part of our state's economic recovery strategy. They're taking, you know, what you would think of as a huge transformer that somebody doesn't want an ugly transformer in their yeah. downtown, but yet energy needs increase, and they're creating international design competitions where they turn huh. into massive public artworks. That's the kind of thinking that yeah. we need to have for the future.
1: Welcome to the ProCo 360 podcast. I'm Dave Tabor hosting Proco 360 because I love getting to know Colorado's entrepreneurs and leaders and sharing my conversations with them with you. My guests have figured out how to build very successful businesses while being collaborative, enjoying all that Colorado has to offer, and doing that with other talented people who share their values. A couple of times a year, I feature a successful nonprofit and its leader. I like to find nonprofits that intersect with Colorado's business community, and today I have. I've got Kristen Crampton Day, Executive Director of the Colorado Business Committee for the Arts. CBCA advocates Colorado's creative economy by connecting business and the arts. Kristen, obviously, is facing some huge challenges now. I mean, with arts venues shut down due to COVID. So, of course, we'll talk about that. We'll also talk about how businesses can improve by connecting with the arts and how Kristen's for profit background plays a role in how she manages CBCA and how she's handling some tough challenges right now. I'm glad Kristen can join me. We had a long conversation. And so you'll notice this episode picks up sort of midway into it.
0: Companies really recognize that if if um, uh, one of their employees has a passion for the arts and they want to engage in supporting the arts, um, you know, they support that. And especially companies that are already members of CBCA, they, they get the reciprocal benefits at this mm-hmm. intersection of arts and business. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um,
0: and, you know, I, I'll say CBCA is modeled after a national organization that was started by David Rockefeller back in 1967 in, in New York City. And there's only a handful of, of BCAs or Business Committee yeah. for the Arts left in the country but these are forward thinking people that really get the connection of the benefits of the arts and how it helps build business and this smart for business.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I've thought about that kind of thing, that, uh, that kind of motivation before. And I don't know, I, I got to say, it strikes me that people who already believe and have sort of a generous heart and an inclination to support that kind of a thing, those people get the benefit. If if mm-hmm. a leader is simply trying to do this for as a means to an end, eh, it's not going to happen. You probably see that all the time. Yeah, I'm sure the leaders who are really engaged are engaged because they want to be, not because they think mm-hmm. it's going to increase their ROI.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, uh, but it does. I'll, I'll argue that it, it really can impact business in a positive way. And People want to do, you know, I mean, that's the whole point of, you know, corporate social philanthropy. People want to want to do business with companies that are engaged in and give back to their communities. And arts is, is one of those ways. Mm -hmm. I mean, one example during the pandemic is a lot of, a lot of retail businesses had to shut down during, you know, the first quarantine and, and, um, you know, a lot of them had to board up their, their store windows. And so they turned to the artist community to say, Hey, even create temporary murals, uh, which they knew would be a benefit to their business, but also a benefit to the residents and, and people in the community. And, um, and that's a trend we've been seeing the last few years is, is certainly with visual arts, more businesses understanding that the arts also inspire uh, creative placemaking, and it's not just about a new real estate development or um, a city with creative placemaking. It's creating an office and workspace environment that's inviting and and satisfying to employees. Yeah. And so you see more interior murals as well. Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. And I would think that does inspire creativity and freedom of thought and things like that for sure.
0: Absolutely. Some businesses even hire artists in residence. Um, you know, larger companies that you think of, you mentioned tech earlier. Um, you know, for example, like um Facebook and Google, a lot of these these tech companies have artisan residents that come in because again, they just want their employees exposed to that creativity. Um there's other local companies, for example, like uh off the top of my head, um, thinking of IMA insurance. That has really embraced the arts in their building. They have employee art shows. They curate. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, they curate new visual arts within their building that turns over every month, and so yeah. there's a lot of creativity.
1: That's super cool. Reminding listeners, this is ProCo three hundred and sixty. I'm your host Dave Tabor. This is a show featuring entrepreneurs who could be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. Thanks to our sponsors. First Bank has just joined Proco 360. Welcome to Gordon Banks and my growing group of friends at First Bank. Thanks also to Kinsley Meetings and Via Technologies. These great companies all support Colorado businesses and entrepreneurs, and they support this show. Also, thanks to the Colorado Chamber of Commerce for its support for me and Proco 360. And I wanted to to ask you, Kristen, about more about sort of Helping artists become business people, and I know you help you you you've now explained how you can transition people from you weren't part of a board help them become part of a board but to what extent do do those board members help artists and help small uh, nonprofits in the arts become more successful
0: well, I think that's a a really relevant question to how um, our our organization has evolved over the years when I mean In 2020, we celebrated our 35th anniversary. When we started out, we were all focused on connecting business with nonprofit arts and culture organizations. Today, we serve a much broader audience. Um, Yes, nonprofit arts and culture is still very important to us, but so are creative entrepreneurs, creative businesses, and so our programming has evolved And we have programs such as Advancing Creatives, which is really focused on professional development for artists and creative entrepreneurs, everything from bringing in the expertise of some of our business members that focus on things like financial planning and how to you know, how to do a budget or manage your budget mm, during a yeah. pandemic, right? Or, or marketing or other services that they need. We also have a program called Colorado Colorado Attorneys for the Arts, um, which we started about six years ago, that we have over 120 attorneys throughout the state that volunteer their time to take on pro bono. That's um, super cool. For our, arts entrepreneurs primarily mm-hmm. um, who are trying to build their businesses. So these are sure. resources that we provide to those um, entrepreneurial startup businesses.
1: That, well, I'm, I'm going to step back and ask you a bit more of a, hmm, it might be philosophical. I'm not sure what it is, but you know, societal attitude towards the arts has changed a lot in a generation. I mean, schools have reduced funding for music, for theater, for fine arts. So is your population of people who care Shrinking.
0: I think it's just the opposite. I, I think that more people um, recognize the benefits of the arts. Uh, I think one thing maybe the pandemic has has taught all of us mm-hmm. is that um, I think the arts have been taken for granted. And and given that this has been an industry, um, the the latest national statistic I heard was sixty three percent of artists are out of work um, in Colorado. About uh, the latest I've heard is about half of the industry has been impacted. Um, these are people that are going to find other jobs and in other industries that will have long-term impacts on our creative uh, sector. And um, you know, the arts and culture sector are struggling to survive, not yeah. just in Colorado but all over the country. And so I think I think it's I think we've realized it's not something you can take for granted. And there's wonderful organizations out there like Think 360 Arts that connect. Um, uh, they primarily focus on schools and bringing arts into schools because through budget cuts, yeah, you know, the arts is often one of the first things to be cut. But then when you talk to companies that support STEAM, they realize that it, it's not STEM anymore. That the arts uh-huh. is a really important part of yeah. that equation. Um, and it helps people whether they focus on math or science or other um, areas, the arts brings a discipline and a, and a creative approach to um, ultimately having having more um, creative, successful, innovative workers in the workplace.
1: Well, and it still goes back to once you get those kinds of people, how do you support those passions? And how, you know, what you mentioned earlier about helping them bring those passions to work, helping them serve on boards through work. I think those connections make a lot of sense. And you also mentioned uh just a minute ago, as we were kind of you're talking about what's happening with COVID and we can't Mm -hmm. really, uh, I mean, that's the biggest obvious question to talk about now. You, you kind of alluded to it, but you know, what are you seeing in Colorado and how have you responded as the CEO of a nonprofit that's really focused on the arts right in COVID?
0: Yeah. Well, there's a couple of things. I mean, first off, um, I think what's interesting is most people don't really think of the arts as a industry sector even though it's 4.5% of our GDP, um, more than, than transportation or mining in our state, um, traditionally has come from
1: wow. arts and creative. Well, because industry. that includes like concert tickets and everything else like that, right?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And so prior to the pandemic, um, we were seeing huge, uh, a huge growth curve um, in several different areas of arts and creative industries, including the performing arts, um, all of that has been deeply impacted. And so when you think about economic recovery for the state, um, because this has been a thriving sector and we have had many jobs uh, and, you know, jobs lost, we, are, we, are, we really have to make sure that arts and creative industries is part of our state's economic recovery strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say being, being the executive director of an organization that focuses at this intersection of arts and business We've really had to focus on how we can be an, a, a, a more of an advocate for the arts sector. We've leaned in more into our advocacy role because it's it's certainly been needed. And the business audience is a very important advocate role when it comes to you know, talking to legislators about making sure that there's funding supporting the sector.
1: Um, uh, yeah, as an example, I noticed you know every year the the legislature wants to cut funding for the film industry, which has a monstrous ROI. Uh, it just from a pure, I mean, it has nothing to do. Even if you separate out just the idea that it's fun to have movies made in Colorado, and it's great for our for our image, but it actually has a huge ROI.
0: Absolutely. And I think, you know, one of the things that has been interesting, we, we have this arts through it all campaign through the holidays. We actually launched it with some other cultural partners back in April to really get messages out to the general public about the just the urgent need of supporting the arts. And, and early on, the messaging was around things like forego ticket refunds. Um, you know, people not realizing that if everybody's asking for refunds, this translates into thousands to millions of dollars for these organizations. Um, but I think, you know, more recently, what's what's interesting is that, um, you know, people when they when they think about sort of jobs lost, you um, Again, arts hasn't really been a primary focus. And so you see all this media coverage about tourism and hospitality and hotels and restaurants when actually, if you look at the number of jobs, there's been more jobs Mm. lost in our sector. And it's just, and that's true on a national level as well. And it's just not... People are just not aware.
1: Yeah, but they're so intertwined as well. You think about the arts and and then of course the impact on food, beverage, and hospital and, and hotels, of course. Oh so yeah, they're definitely
0: interconnected. <laughs>
1: amazing. Hey, I want to before before we were done, I want to uh, talk a little bit about a couple of other things. You were in the for-profit sector before leading CBCA. I mean, you're senior director of PR at Barnhart Communications. You've had other communications roles. So what do you think is the most important skill you brought from the private sector into your current role?
0: The thing that I really brought to this role is that at heart I'm a connector. Um, I, I've done a lot of business development. Um, I owned my own business for um, about 13 years in Denver PR marketing agency, and so through that, of course, did a lot of um, connecting. And, and yeah. so I I enjoy that. I love making a good connection for people, and that's really what is at the heart of what we do at CBCA is, is we connect arts and business. So I'm, yeah. I'm always making introductions. Sure. I'm always connecting people. And, and that's something I thrive on.
1: So what if you had to change about your approach to, to leading uh, in the nonprofit world as it's different from, you know, the for-profit world?
0: Well, I think there's a, there, there's almost more similarities than differences. Like I came from a client's centered um, environment where we're serving clients. I still feel like our members are clients and I'm serving them and bringing that service to, to the table. You know, the, the difference I think is, is um, you know, how, how we approach um, fundraising and development and um, you know, how we engage people and um, for me, it's a lot more fun. Um, I, I love the mis- mission-based uh, mm-hmm. part of yeah. what we do, yeah. and, and ultimately, it's about impact, right? When I hear stories of impact, and um, you know how it how people um, get engaged and they're supporting their community, and how businesses step up um, to support the arts and culture in their yep. community, to me, that that's you know that's really inspiring.
1: Well, uh, and and keeping focused on the theme of the ProCo 360 podcast, World Class Entrepreneurs Who Choose Colorado, what's your take on sort of, is Colorado different in the way it, it supports an organization like yours? You mentioned there's only a few left in the country. Do you think Colorado is different from other communities you're aware of?
0: I, I do. Um, I think, one, it's great that we still have an organization like CBCA because they have failed in other parts of the, the country. I mean, one that comes to mind is there used to be a very robust uh, BCA in, in Portland that didn't make it.
1: Well, you'd and think a so city like that would support it.
0: You would think. Um, but I, I, I think we're fortunate. At, uh, but I also think that a lot of companies realize that they can't support every arts organization in their community and through CBCA and the work that we do, that it's a way where they can support the arts um, through one organization that is supporting all of the arts. So I think mm. that that some companies realize that they also see the benefits to their employees and getting their employees engaged. Um, but I would say the other thing that's different is that, you know, I I mentioned earlier, we celebrated our 35th anniversary last year, and we have really evolved as an organization like any good business should what we used to do um, was really relevant then Um, we used to, you know, we always have had great programming. Um, but what we do today is, is really more of what the needs of the, the business and the arts community is and, yeah. and evolved.
1: I notice you've targeted, we don't have time to get into it today, but you've targeted like arts and different industries, arts, even arts and cannabis, you know? I mean, so, <laughs> so the idea of bringing, you know, what you bring and tailoring to different industries, I think is, it seems like it's pretty innovative and pretty engaging for your audiences.
0: Yeah, sometimes it's really exciting to start a conversation that hasn't started here in Colorado yet. For example, we did that with our arts and energy forum um, where we brought in um, this organization that is, is doing amazing things globally where they're taking you know, what you would think of as a huge transformer that somebody doesn't want an ugly transformer in their yeah. downtown, but yet energy needs increase. And they're creating international design competitions where they turn God. into massive public artworks. That's the kind of thinking that yeah. we need to have yeah. for the future is, you know, we have to have these things, but they can be beautiful, too. And there, there can be um, not always art with the capital A, but design, yeah. really thinking about that. So. Um, there was nobody doing that yeah, here. That's we super brought cool. Brought in experts from Seattle to talk oh. about it, so that we can, you know, really learn in our business community in the state how we can um, learn from others around the
1: globe. That's world. super cool, and it's an opportunity for you to have businesses to sponsor their own transformer. So, <laughs> <the building.
0: laughs> well, actually, so yeah, <laughs> and, and you mentioned the arts and cannabis. We've done healthcare. We've done outdoor recreation. A lot of people don't think about these intersections, but the arts arts impact all of Colorado's major industry sectors, and that's really what we've been doing through this.
1: series. Uh, I'm guessing, and I think it's very innovative and I applaud you for that. And and every industry thinks that they're special. So why <laughs> not just let them think that and pull yourselves right in? So I think that's great. Um, and my guess is if someone's got an industry they think they can stump you with, they should just contact you. And, well, uh, well yeah.
0: my favorite thing was we recently had an arts and transportation forum and um, and that was great. It was virtual. It really focused in on how transportation can also through art can also put out health and safety messages during this time of the pandemic. And um, when we reached out to um, Ed Sealover with the Denver business journal, yeah, know, Ed, media yeah. partner to moderate it, he said, I've never thought about the intersection of <laughs> arts and transportation. And so that, that was fun for me yeah. that as a transportation beat reporter. He hadn't thought about the role of arts in it before. So, um, so that I bet he had fun with it. He did. He did. And it was, it was great. We had um, participants from all over the country, actually, that participated. That's one of the benefits, I guess, of virtual programs.
1: That's super cool. Did Ed try to push his beer book? (laughs) No. (laughs) Uh, no. Uh, Aside from COVID and, you know, let's assume COVID's done, over, gone. (laughs) Wouldn't that be nice? What's your biggest and most exciting challenge after that?
0: Well, I think, and I've touched on this before, our biggest challenge is going to be rebuilding the creative economy in our state. I mean, that is our mission to advance Colorado's creative economy by connecting arts and business and our creative economy has taken a huge hit. So yeah. that's going to be our biggest focus. Uh, the other thing I would say is um we we produce a study every other year, our Economic Activity Study of Metro Denver Culture that really looks at the social and economic impacts of the arts and culture sector. And we have seen, since we've been doing this study since 1992, when there is an economic recession, corporate giving does tend to fall off. They tend to give to other things besides the arts. There are other social needs out there, right? Mm-hmm, when you're talking mm-hmm. about hunger and- More urgent, Yeah. And, Yeah. And so um, unfortunately this is a time when the arts have been really impacted. So, so keeping the corporate and business community involved in supporting the arts when there are so many other needs, it's going to be a challenge, um, but one that we're going to, we're committed to in making sure that we we keep those supporters supporting the arts. Um, You know, it is what makes our, it's sort of the soul of our communities. It, It provides our local flavor and, And, um, you know, it's heartbreaking when you hear of organizations that, um, are are not going to make it through this.
1: Well, uh, I hope the podcast, the, the millions and millions of listeners to this episode are inspired by you.
0: Thank you. And I really appreciate the opportunity. Um, I will mention one other really inspiring thing is our business for the arts awards. This is, um, an event we've been doing for over 30 years, it recognizes the best of the best. These are the best arts and business partnerships in the state. This year, we had a record number of applications or nominations. And um, so I don't envy the judges, but- huh. um, we So you haven't announced
1: have- a winner yet?
0: We have announced our honorees. So we have oh. eight, eight business honorees. Yeah. And so have, give me a uh,
1: give me, I know you can't tell me the winner, sure. tell us the winner yet.
0: Oh, I can, I can. can oh, you can? Good. <laughs> they will, who, yeah. They'll be
1: honored on March 9th
0: through a virtual event, but we, but we have announced them. Yes.
1: Okay. So tell me who, tell who, who's the winner. Mm-hmm.
0: Tell so me, can you tell me? So, so oh, there's more, more than, than one. one. Okay. There's so,
1: so, so, all right. So how about sharing with the listeners one example of a business that won and why?
0: Okay, so one example would be Pizzeria Locale. It's a uh, smaller um, restaurant uh, business that, um, of course, makes pizzas, but they have partnered with um, various arts and culture groups, but especially um, an organization called Access Gallery. Access Gallery is focused on... um, providing opportunities for um, economic, uh, economic opportunities for, for people with disabilities. And um, they're a wonderful organization. And most recently, Access Gallery um, was hired by a Pizzeria Locale to create the art on their pizza boxes.
1: Very cool. That's so a great example.
0: Yeah, providing income for the artists, but also more in a more artistic pizza box. That's just one example. That's a
1: soup. But what a great example of a way now and then and, and then that company, uh, Pizzeria locale also now is demonstrating this generosity and their support out in the community with all their customers. That's a beautiful example. And on that note, I'm going to wrap up. So thanks for that. I'm your host, Dave Tabor. And today on ProCo 360, you've been listening to my conversation with Kristen Crampton-Day, Executive Director of the Colorado Business Committee for the Arts. Thanks, Kristen. That was great. Thanks for joining me on Proco 360, where we say live, work, love Colorado because you and I and my guests can be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. You make the show successful by subscribing to the Proco 360 podcast and submitting a review. Thanks again to show sponsors First Bank, Kinsley Meetings, Via Technologies, and the Colorado Chamber of Commerce. That's the show. Live, work, love Colorado.